Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. Joining you on this gorgeous late Monday afternoon in Colorado. If you're listening live, that is. If you are listening to the replay, I would love to know where you're tuning in from. Sam at SamanthaRuth.com. I want to talk today about something I have talked about before, and I talk about it all the time in the Grief Hab community. Um, But it has been coming up a lot with my clients in so many conversations. And so I want to talk about it again here and go a little bit more in depth about some of my thoughts. There's a lot of guilt when we are dealing with loss and grief. And in my workshops, in my communities, I talk all the time when we are healing, whatever it is that we're healing from. Our only job is to survive. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, if it's something big, if it's something small, it's not about comparing to anyone else. It's not about looking at their journey and how they're handling it. Your only job is to survive. And so, so many of us look back. And even as I was going through the first couple of years of deep, deep grief without Jim, I knew I was making a ton of mistakes and so many of my clients know that they're making mistakes or they're slipping along the way. We're aware of that. We know that we could be doing better. And so to anyone listening who has someone in your life that's struggling, we know that it could be better. So please have some compassion and understanding for those struggling and for the people struggling. Give yourself some compassion and patience. Everyone is doing the best they can. Your only job is to get through it. And looking back, you know, I really did the best I could. I was a month out of major back surgery when Jim passed away. I had Sassy, who is a handful of a dog who I adore um, to take care of and myself. And it is a big, big job to take care of ourselves when we're going through something big. And that's no joke. So what, you know, to everyone listening, whatever you're going through, congratulations, you're doing an amazing job. You're getting through it. And that's your, that's your only job. And yes, you have kids to take care of. I had Sassy to take care of. We have bills to pay. There are many, many other things we have to do along the way. But the absolute only thing we have to do is survive. We cannot do any of those other things if we don't survive. So you'll make mistakes. You can look back and have hundreds of things that you could have done this and you could have done that. But the only thing that matters is that you survive and get through it. So please be patient with yourself, friends and family. Please be patient with your loved ones. 
there are secondary losses that happen when we are dealing with loss and it sucks. There's really no other way to put it. Losing someone is difficult and painful enough. And these are the conversations. This is what I wanted to talk about today. Everything else was kind of the prologue, <laughs> the preface, um, the foreword, if you will. Um, everyone shows up at the beginning, right? Everyone's there and knows, oh my God, this is so traumatic. We need to be there for Sam. We need to be there for whoever it is that's struggling, right? There's that initial almost overwhelm. So many people show up. It can be almost too much, right? Everyone wants to be there. Everyone wants to help. Everyone's at the funeral or the memorial service or the celebration of life, whatever you call it, right? And then everyone goes home and you're left by yourself or with your family. For me, I do want to make a special note and talk to the people who live alone. You're left after all of that support by yourself. And that's when the that's when it gets really hard. And that's when you have to figure it out on your own. And it's not at all easy. It is effing hard. And asking for help is difficult. We don't know what help we need. There are so many people who have already done so much that we don't want to ask for more. They might live far away. Like there's just so much that goes into that. And there's so much that we need that maybe somebody just left and you think of something that you need and you don't want to call them back and ask them to turn around and come back again, right? So there's this, this time frame that is crucial when it feels like no one is there and... For some people, it's literally true. Some people, no one is there, you know, if you live alone, if you are on your own. And so there is this also perception in the world, this, I don't know where it came from, but this belief that something happens after the first year, that the first year is really difficult and then people are okay, right? So that's another time crunch, another period of time that the support that people are willing to provide or the grace that people are willing to give you ends, right? So we have a swarm of people there at the time of loss, and then they go home. And we have this myth that the first year is difficult and then we're okay. So there's this expectation then that even if it took us that whole year, which the world believes is too long, at least by one year and one day, we will get back to functioning a certain way, a way that others expect us to. We'll do the things that we used to do. We'll be the person who we were before this loss. And we're not, number one, not one of us 
because we are now a person who went through this horrible thing and that changes us. So even if we look the same to everyone else, we're not. And it took me a hell of a lot longer than one year. And it takes many people longer than one year. And so there are people along the way who get frustrated, who get tired of waiting for fun Sam to show back up again. And they stop calling. They stop inviting us out. They stop bringing over food in case we're not cooking or we're not eating. They stop asking if we need help, right? Because A, we should be better, whatever that is, by now. And there's that one-year timeline, right? We should be better by now. And we should get back to doing certain things. It took me a really long time to do certain things. And the things that I did to get there, by the way, were new to Sam, let alone new to everyone who knew Sam, right? So I also really, really struggled with things that seem simple to those who haven't been through a loss, right? Literally our job, excuse me, is to survive. So surviving, taking care of myself, taking care of Sassy, the mental energy, remembering each day that yes, this is not a nightmare and Jim still isn't here. Like the mental energy that goes into that when you first open your eyes every day and then physical energy that goes into getting through the tasks, showering, eating, walking sassy, all of the things, it feels like you ran a marathon by, you know, 10 a.m. Other things fall to the wayside, right? Picking up the phone and reaching out to the people you're thinking about, but that becomes too much, right? Cleaning out the closets, going through Jim's belongings, doing things that need to be done, but are just too much because the mental and physical energy that I've used by 10 a.m., 11, 12, 1, all of those things get shifted around. Some don't get done. So the guilt that people who are going through loss, dealing with trauma, we know we're making mistakes. We know there are things we're not doing. We know there are things we can and should be doing, but we are surviving. And I did it well because I'm still here. And look at me now. And am I still struggling? Absolutely. But I survived. I'm alive. Sassy's alive. I have Dallas. I created Grief Hab. I have the Be Ruthless show. I have so, so much more support in my life, I, like new friends, new connections, right? So like I, I did it and I might not have done it the best way. I made mistakes. I hurt people's feelings. I didn't go to events, right? Like all of the things. And, and so the guilt that people feel, the hurt feelings, the the plans that I wanted to do, the times I said yes, 
And then the mental and physical energy, I changed my mind and said no. All of those things, all of those feelings, we know we're making mistakes along the way. But there are people who get frustrated and get tired of waiting and leave. And we have secondary losses along the way. We have people who leave, not even because of this. There are people who just leave with no words and we don't know why. There are people who don't know how to handle loss and they just leave. There are people who got tired of waiting for fun Sam and leave, right? There are people who just leave and many, many more reasons that I'm not even getting to. And I do so many podcasts, my own, and I'm a guest on others, and this will come up. And a lot of times we'll say they're hurting too, right? Sometimes this is family members, friends who also experienced this loss and they're grieving and healing and doing the best they can also. And I acknowledge that. And most of the time, that's where we leave it, right? Everybody's doing the best they can. And it's just not meant to be. And you go your separate ways. With my clients, that's not where I leave it. And for, for reality and me being me and being my authentic, real self for this episode, that's not where I'm leaving it. The truth is we've been through enough. We have lost enough. My people, my real friends and family stuck by me. And if I couldn't pick up the phone to call them, they called me. And there are people who, when I started to get out of the grief fog, when I started to be able to function again, when I started to use my brain for more than survival, there are people I called and I said, thank you for still being here. Thank you for calling all of this time when I wasn't able to do my half of the relationship and call you, right? Like I was able to acknowledge in my relationships that they did more of the work than they had to do, that they did my share of the friendship too for a while. And you know what they said? That's what friends do. Like, that's what we're here for. You couldn't right now. If I had been on crutches, they would have held the door for me. They would have done all the physical things I needed during that time. So the people who stick by you did all of the emotional things. They didn't need my apology. They thanked me and said it wasn't necessary. But I felt it was necessary because there were these secondary losses that happened along the way. And you you question and you analyze and you try to understand, like, why would so-and-so who's really important either to me or to Jim, why would this, why would they disappear? So the truth of the matter is shame on them, right? Shame on them. I've lost enough. I lost my husband. And if I should have been calling you and you had to do more of the calling me, thank you for understanding. I don't get a grief pass, but thank you for understanding, right? Like I didn't scream and swear. There is one friend who I did lose my temper with once or twice. These things happen. I lost my world. To my clients, I shame on them. 
I have a widow with a son whose family is not showing up. And she doesn't care about herself. For her son, none of the male relatives are showing up to be a male role model for a child who lost his father. Shame on them. Are they grieving also? Yes. Do they have their own lives and families? Yes. Do I have compassion for all of what they're going through? Of course, but shame on them. We have lost enough. That's the bottom line. Are we making a hundred mistakes along the way as we're just surviving? And is everything that I said for the first however many minutes of this episode true? One thousand percent. But for those of you who are in our circle, if you are our people, show up, call, even if you think we should be calling you. Jim, I, I, at whatever point, a year, a year and a half, whenever it was, I heard him like yelling at me, basically. Like, I do not want you having relationships with anyone who would treat you this way. Like you are allowed to let go of the people who you're holding on to because you think I want you to. They're treating you like shit, pardon my French. Uh, you know, the people who you've had for 20 years or because they're relatives or because you feel obligated, no. We have lost enough. So yes, I had secondary losses and then I had people I let go of because they weren't treating me well. So those were more secondary losses. But the people who, for whatever reason, just disappeared because I wasn't being fun, Sam, or I didn't return a phone call, or I said I would come to something and I drove there, had a panic attack, turned around and went home and didn't tell you why. Shame on you for not being patient, for not... Standing by me when I lost my everything, right? And thank you to those of you who did, right? Jim's fraternity brothers. This happened to that, right? Like I did this to everyone. It wasn't selective. It wasn't like I showed up for some people and not others. I had panic attacks going to any and everything. So it happened to any and everyone. His fraternity brothers are still here and in my life. And I said to them, like, thank you for still being here when I wasn't calling and doing the work, right? And of course they're still here. They are his family. They're his brothers. Never in a minute, never in, like it would never ever cross their minds to not answer when I call, even if I didn't call for a year. So thank you to the people who do show up and thank you to the people who we never expected in a million years who show up because the ones who we did expect disappeared. So I did want to have this real conversation today because it does matter. And those of you who are struggling and you're beating yourself up and you're asking yourself what you did wrong, it doesn't matter. There are people who should still be there, period, the end. If you didn't return a phone call, if you didn't go to a family function, if you said you would, but then you changed your mind and you just couldn't because the pain was too much, does not matter. Our people should still be here for us. We have been through enough. And whoever it is that you lost would want them to still be there for you no matter what. And you are allowed to be done. 
You are not obligated to put yourself through any unhealthy relationship, any toxic relationship, and the secondary losses, the people who have disappeared, shame on them. Have you made mistakes? Absolutely. But your only job is to survive. And when you get stronger and when you get out of the fog, because it's real to anyone who hasn't gone through this, we don't wish it on you. You won't understand it until you live it. It is true. There is a fog. We forget things. We are not thinking clearly. And it's different for all of us. But for me, it was somewhere between two and two and a half years that I started to get my memory, get my logic, start functioning in a in a, in the way that I had my brain began working again somewhere in that two to two and a half year mark and that is when I was able to recognize certain things I might have done pick up the phone and say thank you and say I'm sorry and and you don't have to do that People do not expect that apology. If they're still there, they are your people and they do not need it. If you want to give it, absolutely do, but they don't expect or need it. Um, and you will get there. And it is real. There is a grief fog. Our brain changes. We've been through trauma. So know that you are not alone, know that you're not crazy, be grateful for the people who are standing by you, know that more will show up. And one thing that is important is to let the new people in. There are beautiful people waiting to enter your world. And I wouldn't be here without the new people who I let into mine. And they fill the space that the ones who disappeared left and are the best relationships and you know they they um they love and accept us for who we are where we are they're not comparing us to who we were before our losses right we need these people because our friends and family are wonderful but they do have that you know oh you're looking good today right like they have that unintentional comparison because they know who we were before this trauma and the new people that we let in don't they just know us now and that's a beautiful thing so give yourself that gift thank you so much for being a part of this community you will be able to create yours and have something new and beautiful as well even if you don't see it yet be a part of mine, trust me and my words and know that you will get there. Until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the ruthless movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.